Today's Hope FM Drive Show is brought to you by Spring Harvest, bringing the whole church together to worship, learn and share. For the latest news and events, visit springharvest.org. Catherine Hill, who's the UK Director of Care for the Family. Hey Catherine, how are you doing? I'm really well, thanks. Loving being here at Spring Harvest and very pleased to be talking to you. Oh, well, thanks for joining us. I've got to say, it's an amazing atmosphere at Spring Harvest. There's so much going on uh, and Care for the Family, I've got to say, one of the, one of the big organisations here that are getting opportunity to, to minister and bring the things that you have learned and you can share them with people and it's great that people are doing it face to face rather than just online as well um but can you tell us for people who don't know i, I guess it'd be important to start off by saying what is care for the family why do you exist and what things do you do so care for the family was set up 35 years ago now uh, by rob parsons who is the chairman and the founder and he's here with me this week and we're doing seminars together he, um, he saw that there were many organizations that were helping families in crisis. And he had the idea of building an organization that would help families in the good times, build strong walls around family life and equip them for when the troubles came. And so we seek to do that. We're a Christian organization, but most of our resources we can use in the, can be used in the community. And um, we also have some specific resources for the church. And we work in three areas, marriage and couple relationships, parenting and bereavement. Okay, three very significant areas are, and every, everyone is going to experience um, st- one of those at least, or probably two, I guess. Um, so can you tell me, you, what, what are the areas that you yourself are involved in? How, how long have you been with Care for the Family? So I have been working for Care for the Family now for, I think about 18 years. I began in uh, a role that was um, equipping uh, married well couples who are engaged to have marriage preparation and trying to get that out through the register offices across the country because at that time and still now really you are only offered marriage preparation if you get married in a church and we were really keen to see strong relationships for every single couple so that was a great initiative um, that um, yeah is going on in different ways now and then through that I became involved in the leadership of Care for the Family and my role now is I speak and write books and um, yeah I'm on the leadership team. Well, that's interesting you write books what, what, what books have you recently written? So my two recent ones uh, have been the first one was called Left to Their Own Devices Confident Parenting in a World of Screens and so many people were coming to us at Care for the Family and asking for help in navigating the digital age, uh, just not knowing where to turn, being on the back foot. And uh, so I wrote that book to equip parents and to help them practically with that. But the pandemic um, has changed our relationship with technology. I think we've all had to upskill and it's a, it's a different thing. So I've just brought out a brand new edition of that um, that we've got here at Spring Harvest. And then my latest book is called A Mind of Their Own, Building Your Child's Emotional Wellbeing in a Post-Pandemic World. And wow. in God's incredible economy, I, I started writing that again before the pandemic. And I think everyone listening will know that anxiety levels have rocketed amongst a generation of young people. So this book has been incredibly timely, putting practical help in parents' hands, helping them navigate the whole area of emotional well-being and practical things you can do to help build emotional well-being in your children, whatever age. Gosh, those sound like two very valuable books. I'm talking about the, the, the digital world and for, for myself, my, my children have always found this frustrating because they've always said but dad nobody else has these restrictions because I've, I've used the parent controls to mean that they can only use so much a day they it stops at a certain time of day but the pandemic was a difficult time for many and, and for my family because 
for the first time, uh, I let the children have technology in their rooms, which I hadn't previously, but they had to do lessons online and stuff, and it was all a big change from our normal rules. And actually, we've never managed to reset post-pandemic to say, no, actually, you don't need your phone in your bedroom. You don't need all that connection all the time. So I recently went away with a student weekend away, and we went away to a place where I had no signal and there was no Wi-Fi. And I was like, this is fantastic. I so enjoyed not looking at my phone, not being binged continuously um, and just having a bit of peace and able to just be one-to-one with people, talk to people and not being, I'm going to use the word hassles because I feel like my phone hassles me actually. And as a responsible adult, I hope that I can handle that fairly well and say, no, I don't, I don't need that. But I was aware that when I couldn't have it, I was better at being more there. But for kids, it's a harder temptation because the phone sets of alerts. So my, my son has told me, Dad, if you don't reply fast to a message, that's rude. You're like dissing the person. I'm like, no, no you're not. You're living life, Josh. That's not, that's not your priority. But, but apparently in youth culture, it, it's, it's actually considered rude not to reply fast. I'm like, wow, who's put this on our children that the phone is their number one calling? It's crazy. It is crazy. And we live in what's called an attention economy. So the main commodity now isn't gold or minerals or anything like that. It's our attention. And uh, tech companies are paying billions and billions of pounds um, to get our attention and to get our kids' attention. So they're not on a level playing field, which is why as parents, we really do need to step in. And depending on their age, just put some of those boundaries in place. And you are so right. The pandemic has thrown the rule book in the air. And we had to do all of life online. You know, around the kitchen table, we were doing uh, spellings and uh, maths and, you know, all homework and church and social life. And I just want to say to any parent listening, any parent who has survived that homeschooling two years really deserves such a a medal. So to be so encouraged that actually you're still standing because it's been incredibly tough. Um, But now is a really good time to reset the rules. So I think my top tip for the whole managing digital things would be to have something called a family media agreement. And all that is, is you get your kids together, whatever age, and you make it fun, so you get some drinks and snacks or whatever, and you just talk about your ground rules for technology in the home, and it needs to be age appropriate, um, but things like, you know, do you allow phones in the bedroom? Do you allow them at meal tables? What um, uh, platforms can they go on? What do they do if they find something that scares them or whatever? But the deal is everyone signs up to this, even the parents. So, wow. um, and because we're role models for the way that we use technology for our kids and you don't have to write it down sometimes just talking about it helps but now is such a good time to to reset those ground rules for for our children's security and teaching them uh, to manage this for themselves so it's not it's not just about us putting rules in place but it's equipping them to make good choices themselves you know so i think that sounds really really sensible and quite practical and quite simple so it's not something that's um there's going to be too much to do, but it, but some people might not quite know what sort of things should be included. In that. If they come to care for the family, is it is it somewhere they can find a list of things that you might want to consider in that agreement? Yes. Well, if anyone is at Spring Harvest um, on our stand, we have something. We have a, a little leaflet, um, but also online you can find out lots of information. And in my book as well, there's a lot of information about the kind of things that you can um, put in that, but also the kind of things to be aware of, the challenges, um, and pr- it's so practical. Lots. Of lots of things to do to do with time on screens to do with who they're talking to what they're seeing how they're behaving 
Mm. I, and that is a scary thing. And I, I think obviously lots of people are aware of child safety online, but sometimes we're not aware of the things that might cause doors to open. So for, for my daughter, she got herself a Fitbit app, um, which isn't a nice thing. She got a Fitbit watch so she can do her steps and the rest of it. But then what I didn't know is part of the Fitbit app is a messaging system. And she was getting inappropriate messages from, from guys on her Fitbit app. And she was, I think she was 14 at the gosh, time gosh. Um, and, and she had a picture of herself on there and I was like hold on a moment Beth I, I didn't know this was even part of it uh, and I'm really worried about that and also when you're when you're going on your runs is it tracking you and showing where you are to people and things like that. so oh, I suddenly had to think what are the things in technology that are actually are posing a risk to my children without me being aware of it because I'd have thought Fitbit was just about you're tracking your thing and maybe sharing with your friends. I didn't know that it's something where random people can just be messaging into you. So um, just, I just want to mention that for parents to be a little that's bit aware. Such a good, that's such a good thing to mention. And the fact that gaming for our children is social media. That's where they're connecting with people. Um, I think some parents used to think, probably not now since the pandemic, but that they were playing a game. But actually it's the connection with other people. And sadly, people aren't always who they who they say that they are. Um, so having those important conversations, but knowing, I think it's a, it's really encouraging to know that as parents, we're the biggest influence on our children's lives. And we have everything to play for in putting those values in their hearts. And um, you know, the book of Proverbs talks about wisdom, wisdom protecting us, wisdom being a garland around our neck. And um, that's what we want for our children so that they can make those wise choices when we're not there to check up on them, to find out what they're doing. Because otherwise, they're only going to be as safe as the least protect, protected child that, that they know. Um, there's going to be someone else that hasn't got the protections on their phone. So it's all about teaching them um, to, to stand up and you know make good choices, be wise when when we're not there. We, we often say at Care for the Family, we're not bringing up children and we're not bringing up teenagers. We're bringing up adults. That's that's our mm. goal. And you know that's that's how God parents us, doesn't he? He he gives us choices. Um, but he wants us to make the good choices. He doesn't make our world smaller. And yeah. so that's our goal as parents. Yeah. And just to be clear, dear listener, we're, we're, we're not down on technology at all. No, it's amazing. It's fantastic. And a great no, opportunity. And that, I, that was really, really clear in my book that there's a whole chapter on the advantages of technology. Um, and actually, we couldn't have survived the last two years without it. It would have been crazy. It's what, how amazing was it that yeah. we had got to the stage in technology that we could carry on doing so many things when the pandemic hit, I can't imagine what it'd be like if it had been 25 years ago. So, um, so I'm grateful that we had all the technology we did. Uh, just the example of good technology. Uh, the other day, I was I was getting really hassled by my phone because lots of people keep messaging me, needing things, and it was just I need this, I need that, I need that. Sometimes my kids, other people, I had like I don't know 25 messages within the space of a few hours asking stuff. I was like, oh, you know, and I was trying. I actually was in I was in the main event, wanted to worship, but also I, my kids might need to contact me about something as well. And I was like. Oh God, I just want to worship you. And I was ignoring my phone. Um, and then the person behind me, once we sat down from, from singing worship, he passed his phone over to me. And I was like, what is going on? I don't want to look at phones. And he passed me his phone and he typed a message to me on it. And he just talked about how encouraged he was seeing behind me and my wife has been worshiping. And it was just like, Aww, oh, thank you, God, that's actually. That was so sweet. So I'll shout out to Jay, who, who a total random person. I've no idea who he is. But he gave me his phone with a beautiful little message just to encourage me and my wife. And, uh, Big shout out. Wasn't it, wasn't it good that, that God is... just used... Because uh, I, I, I was so in conversation with God about, 
I don't want to look at my phone and then it can be passed on. I was like, what is going on? So anyway, it's so good. Um, so yeah, so we can definitely use our phones for blessing and benefit of others. Yeah, and often, you know, with with teenagers, it's a really good way to connect with them and to talk to them sometimes if they don't want to do that face-to-face connection. Yeah. Obviously, we want to try and do that. But actually, there's so many things that we can do when we join in with them, when we understand their world. And um, yeah, use the digital world for good is, is great. So let's talk about mental health for children post pandemic because um i was chatting with some teachers and they said actually it's become the biggest issue that they're now as a school having to try to manage and there aren't the resources that they would expect from maybe the nhs who actually was supplying some sort of mental health care because they're, they're swamped is i think it's like a tidal wave of anxiety in in our teenagers uh, and i'm, I'm going to guess maybe more teenage girls and boys i don't know that as a, as a fact but that's what might be what i'm seeing what, can you tell us more about your experiences and, and how Care for the Family is able to react? And obviously, you've got some expertise here. So, I think it was three years ago, Rob Parsons stood up on the main stage at Care for the Family. At... That's okay, yeah, stood on the main stage at. Um, yeah, so I think it was three years ago when Rob Parsons stood up on the main stage at Spring Harvest and said, At Care for the Family, we are committing to do something about the rising levels of anxiety and depression and mental ill health amongst. A generation of young people. So three years on, um, I've spent a lot of my time investing in that. Um, the main thing was the book that I've written, A Mind of Their Own, um, but we've taken that on the road, we've got some online resources as well, and uh, the anxiety levels were already really concerning, and then the pandemic, as you've just said, has put them off the scale. So I think 2017, it was one in nine children had one some kind of mental health difficulty, by 2020, um, that was one in six, so it's five in every classroom, and it's just continued to, to rocket. And long waiting lists, um, CAMS, Child, Adolescent and Mental Health Services, um, have just got long, long waiting lists. But the big but is there's so much that parents can do in the home before, before children get to that. They, obviously, if, if parents are concerned, many do need professional help, but there's so much that can be done before then in the everyday ups and downs of family life and that that's what the book's about it's about how we can build resilience how we can teach children to have what's called a a growth mindset where they approach a problem and learn from it uh how well one of one of my favorite chapters that has caused a bit of controversy so i got into a big debate with vanessa feltz on radio london about this and it's called it's okay to be ordinary and i passionately believe that our celebrity culture has made our children feel that they have to be extraordinary and even on the tv things like um you know love island and britain's got talent and all those shows have made the ordinary things of life into a competition and being ordinary doesn't mean not being the best that you can be and i think as parents we can rewrite what it means to be ordinary and it is about yeah being being the best that they can be knowing their god-given gifts but also knowing their limitations and not seeing life as a competition um, and that's a really really key message that as parents we can just take that responsibility that burden off our kids shoulders and let them know that they are enough, they it's, are o- enough. it's okay to be normal it's okay to be normal exactly I, 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 I like some of that idea of, of pressure being lifted because you're right there's an enormous pressure to do and something crazy like I, I think social media must have something to answer here in so much as it always accolades yes. the the things that are for many people outside of their reach or uh, likely to to do. So, I guess um, 
it means that people feel less satisfied and denigrated in being just happy and peaceful and enjoying life as they are. So, I mean, we've been just talking about the digital age, but any of the image-heavy platforms, you know, TikTok, um, Instagram, people post the, the, the highlights of life. And our children sometimes just don't have the critical faculty to, to work out that they're only seeing the highlights. And they look at their own lives and feel that they they, they fall short. But even worse, um, our children are being encouraged to create and construct an online identity that very often bears no relation to real life. And then there's a gap because they realize that they can't live up to it. And they're, they're being measured by how many likes they have. Um, you know, their worth for the first time has been given a number. And it's all playing into this crisis in um, anxiety and well-being. So, yeah, as parents, though, again, in the, in the book, there's so, so much we can do um, to step up and help our children with that. And we, we can be encouraged. We really can. Yeah, I, I, I'm, the likes thing is interesting because because uh, I'm on social media, I'm on Facebook, and, and I, I post things. And then, and, then I, and then I'll go, oh, it's gone viral to my kids. And, and they go, oh, how many, how many, how many likes got? And I go, oh, seven. So, because because I really don't want to buy into the, I know I, I, I put mainly little silly things. I mean, and also I'm quite careful about who I have on, on my friends list as well. I actually cull it regularly and actually try and keep my friends list to the people that are actually my friends because something I've realized is that people sometimes have like 500 friends or 1,000 friends and, and there seems to be, within the youth, almost a competition to have the most number of friends and I'm like yeah but how meaningful is it having all these people that actually don't really know and so my daughter feels pressure to go and like lots of things that actually you don't need to go and do that because you can be friends with real people and not try and be friends with a thousand people because it doesn't work in real life so it's about I think it's about caring about the things that are actually significant rather than things that social media is telling you to do yes so yeah um, okay, so with regards to care family, though, you mentioned that there's three main areas that you're ministering in. So, and those were with family, marriage, and bereavement. Is that right? Um, so, marriage and couple relationships, parenting, parenting, and bereavement. Bereavement is specifically for those who have lost a child or those who've been widowed young. But oh, we gosh. also have something called bereavement care awareness, which through the pandemic we've developed a resource for the church to be able to come alongside families after the funeral um, and just to carry on uh, looking out for them, caring for them. And that's been a very popular thing for churches to get involved in. So. Yeah, and it's I, I, so many things that the church can do and it's hard on as the church leaders to do things well, but where someone's already prepared a resource that can help a church to do something such, a, such an important moment in, in someone's life. Um, it's beautiful. It's great that you've got that. And it's sad. It's sad that we need things like that, but it's amazing that it's there. Um, and you mentioned um, couples, so so pre-marriage and also marriage. That's right. So and right. Um, so yes, yeah, so we have resources to help engage couples, um, and then we have uh, lots of resources for existing marriages. And one of the most popular in the last year has been something called Date Night in a Box. I know I have seen that. So credit to Facebook, I have seen numbers of people say thanks to Care Family for Date Night in a Box. So so that sounds interesting. What what's Date Night in a Box? You basically you just send off for um, just apply for tickets for it, and you get sent a box that's got lots of goodies in, um, nice things to to eat. Um, you know, some popcorn and chocolate and some, I don't know, hot chocolate and tea and that kind of thing. Um, and then with it, um, you you can uh, watch online um, the event, which is about an hour long. 
and it's various sections of it and you watch the first section and it's, it is really fun and upbeat and you watch it together and then you pause at a particular moment and then there'll be instructions so talk about this and then there's some things in the box that also help you in your discussion there's a dice which helps you ask answer specific questions um, there's a thing you can stick up on your fridge there's different different sort of fun activities as well that you work through in the evening um, to build your marriage and it has been really popular well it sounds like a good thing so if you want to that where do they go if we just go if you go to the um, care for the family website um, you can just put in date night in a box so carefamily.org.uk uh, and click on marriage date night in a box if you're at spring harvest come to the stand that sounds that sounds like a great thing to do in fact I, I'm pretty certain that you've persuaded me that I'm going to do that because date nights is one of the things that I think the pandemic trashed as well actually because uh, babysitting stopped going out stopped uh, so I can't remember I do apologise, dear wife. I can't remember the last time I, I took my wife on a date night, and definitely it's long overdue. But that sounds like a good one to kick things off again with. So, so thank you for, for that suggestion. Uh, Mum's night out. Now, I was recently trying to get into a venue and found out I couldn't get into a venue that I need to get into because a Mum's night out had taken over it. So, what is Mum's night out? That is our new event for mums, and it isn't specifically a parenting event, but it's a it's an event. To, um, to appreciate and to encourage and to just give it a high five really to mums. It's really, really fun. Um, Care for the Family speaker Jill Lyde and Cathy Madavan, who's here at uh, Spring Harvest, who also speaks for us, they do it. It's got lots of music and fun, fun um, songs and very vulnerable um, stories as well of some of the struggles of being a mum. But uh, yeah, it's our new event and I would really encourage mums to to have a look at that if it's coming to your area that's a, that's we're on tour with that one cool that's, that sounds great so not very applicable to me but but the sort of thing I think sounds like a good thing for mums to get along to so one of the things I feel that the I, I would say the enemy when I'm talking about so the enemy likes to attack is definitely families and individuals hope and belief and sometimes things get so desperate that people go I, I can't do it anymore if you'd be happy right now, would you be willing to pray for listeners, particularly those who've talked, maybe feel a bit of pain in their heart about stuff because, you know, it's just been a hard season? I'd love to, love to do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the author of families, that family is your idea. And throughout scripture, we see families in all those different situations, often where stuff has gone wrong, but you've used them anyway. And I want to thank you for all the families listening for whatever shape or size for single parents for blended families for those that are struggling as well as for those for whom just at the moment life is okay and thank you lord that you you are the god who sees um, and i thank you that you see our struggles that you see our pain and that you're the one that enters into it and enters into our family life so i pray lord for um every family that uh, is listening that you would bring them hope, that you would bring encouragement, that there would be something, um, something that would change the direction of whatever the issue is that they're struggling with. We pray for parents struggling with little babies that are not sleeping. We pray for parents struggling with teenagers who um, are just struggling to find their identity. Um, we pray for marriages. We pray for those that have been bereaved. And we ask, Father God, that you would be the God of hope, the God who restores, who renews, who rebuilds. Um, Father, please uh, just come in your mighty plan and uh, may each person know um, that you're present by your Holy Spirit and that you, um, yeah, that you are there for them. Please bring hope. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Thank you so very much. Catherine Hill, UK Director for Care for the Family. It's been an absolute joy to, uh, talking to you today. And I've got to say, just can you remind us the names of the book? So search up Catherine Hill. That's Catherine with a K. It's K, and actually it's got an A in the middle. So K-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E, but Catherine Hill. And um, the first book on digital use is called Left to Their Own Devices, Confident Parenting in an Age of Screens. And then the book about building our children's mental well-being is called A Mind of Their Own and Building Your Child's Emotional Well-Being in a Post-Pandemic World. They're published by Muddy Pearl um, and they're available um, from Muddy Pearl, from Kev's Family um, and from all good bookshops. That sounds wonderful. Thank you very much. Can you just the website address again for Care for the Family? Carefortheefamily.org.uk Really easy. So whatever your family situation, I've got to say, Get along to that website, have a little look. It'll do no harm to get in contact and just find out what resource they've got that can help you in your situation. And of course, uh, if you don't go along to a church normally, I would just encourage you maybe to, to go along to church and just see what they've got happening because so many churches just want people to know more of God's love uh, and to help take you from where you are and to build you into a place where you know more of God's love, where you're part of a community, where actually your kids can be part of a youth work or a kid's work uh, and, and get some positive input that can bring change, hope, uh, and more of God's love into your lives. So, Catherine Hill, thanks very much for your time today. Thanks for joining us on Hope FM. God bless you. Thanks so much. Today's Hope FM Drive Show is brought to you by Spring Harvest, bringing the whole church together to worship, learn, and share. For the latest news and events, visit springharvest.org.